This is Mike Desmond from Local Nomad. I'm here on We Podcast and We Know Things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 187 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hahn. Alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matoro. We're getting the fucking Snyder cut. I was hoping and i was i was hoping you would say it and you did you went there you, had to be, dude. you even added the f word which i just i am so appreciative of you for that yeah and, and i don't usually start off you know with the f bomb <laughs> but I, I felt i felt like it was it was perfectly suited yeah i'm usually the one who kicks off the cursing for the episode and when you do it just makes me feel a little bit relaxed i actually appreciate that good good take, take a load off so even on the weeks where there's nothing I shouldn't say nothing. Even in the slower news weeks when Sam and I are like, all right, we're going to have like an hour episode. It's going to be nice and tidy. We'll see you later. Well, then they drop bombs, of course, like last minute. So uh, we do have a huge news story that Sam just alluded to about Zack Snyder's Justice League, which we will talk about in the movie section, which will be the first section of the show after our picks of the week and trivia and stuff like that. Um However, just wanted to, before we kind of talk about all that, just give you a little bit of uh, a little teaser weezer of something you're going to get on Monday, Memorial Day. We just interviewed local nomad, Mike Desmond uh, from Long Island, New York. Really good guy. Really funny. Uh, loves rum raisin ice cream running and doing impressions. Um, yeah, but super down to earth really guy. Yeah. You know, like, you know, <clears throat> you just you had to like him. He was, it was a super likable guy. I think that's the thing that stuck out to me is that I was yeah. like, oh, okay. I've never spoken to this dude in my life, but it feels like we have before. Well, and, you figure like we're all in like that same age range. So it's like, I, I think we would have clicked if, if we were to live closer. I think we would have been boys. Yeah. And I think that that's, um, that's how you know you're in for a good time for the interview is because yeah. we didn't, we'd never seen him or met him before, but it kind of just, it kind of just felt right. So yeah, I had a good vibe. Just a huge shout out. Uh, to Mike, aka Local Nomad, he's releasing an EP in less than a month on June nineteenth. The Local Nomad EP. That interview will be out Monday. Is I am Local Nomad at Instagram and Local Nomad on Facebook. Uh, check him out. He just released a new song the day we recorded this pod and this interview with him. So Thursday, the twenty first of May. It's called Young Vampires. Go check that out on Spotify along with all of his other tunes. Really good interview, about 45 minutes. We get into the fun stuff in the beginning. Then we talk a lot about music and then obviously our, our rapid fire. But just uh, we just want to shout out, A, Mike, for taking the time. We had to reschedule from March or April. So appreciate him hanging in there to do this with us. And secondly, um, just just a really good down-to-earth musician, and, and we always appreciate that. Yeah. Definitely check them out. So we got a big show, like I said, uh, in what for one particular reason. The rest of the week, yeah, there's news in TV and there's news in gaming and there's even some well, news. There's a, there's a couple big things in TV. Yeah, there there are. And, and I wouldn't say it's like the gigantic Paper Mario, Tony Hawk, Xbox, PS5 like we've been having. Um, but there is one big story that Sam's been waiting five years to talk about. So the biggest chunk of the show tonight will be dedicated to Ju uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. We have some Mandalorian castings. We have um, some some Gamescom stuff. We have a, a whole lot of stuff coming your way. But before we do that, we're going to do Picks of the Week and Trivia. It is four and a half for me, four and a half for Sam. We're all tied up in our Trivia Challenge Race to 11 win by two. But we'll start off with our Picks of the Week. Okay, I'll take it over here. My Pick of the Week, it's actually on YouTube. It's free. It's Mark Normand. I don't know if you heard of him. He's a stand-up comedian. 
Um, I, I think he's one of the funniest comedians right now. Um, I heard Jerry Seinfeld basically, in, he was asked to interview, who's a, who's a stand-up that everyone should be watching? He said, everyone should be watching Mark Norman. He's my favorite stand-up right now. So coming from Jerry Seinfeld saying that, that, that speaks words. So he just released his special, Out to Lunch, free on YouTube. I believe it dropped maybe like five or six days ago. I think it's almost at a million views already. I think it was actually the funniest special I've seen this year. Hmm. It's he's so quick, witty, smart, and what he talks about it's it's relevant today, and it's it makes you think, and then you laugh. It's he definitely takes you on like a little ride, but it's I think it's like fifty three or fifty four minutes. It's free on YouTube if you need a laugh. I mean, if you want to hear him, he did like the whole you know the podcast tour he was on. Ari Shafir's, Burt Kreischer's. I think he might have even been on Burrs, Big J Ogerson. So he did that them whole rounds. Everyone freaking loves him. He's a New York stand-up comedian. I, I highly suggest everyone go on YouTube. Mark Norman out to lunch. Never heard of him, I'm, but the way you describe it, I'm I'm really into that. I like the oh, quick-witted humor. He, he's fantastic. I, I honestly think you'll be like. You, I think you're actually going to agree with me on this one. Yeah, I love stand-up comedy, and I love the quick joke, the quick-wit humor. So I'll have to throw that on for sure. I'll give you my uh, impressions uh, via text when yeah, I do that. Please do. Um, Mayan is an obscure game that uh, it was when it launched, it was like 30 or 35 bucks. And I was like, nah, I'm all set. But it was recently on sale for 15. And I was like, all right, I have to pick it up on the Nintendo Switch. It's a remastered trilogy of, I want to say DS, maybe 3DS, maybe even a combination. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure of where this series originated and i'm talking of course about phoenix wright ace attorney if you've ever heard of that series i i have not so it's like an anime ish style thing where you're it's a i believe it's from capcom because phoenix wright the attorney was in marvel versus capcom 3 i want to say or maybe even ultimate um but some really obscure series where you're a lawyer phoenix wright and you um, you get presented with the crime and then you get presented with the evidence and then you have to go into the courtroom and actually do a trial with the defense. Um, well, actually, no, I believe you are the defense most of the time. But regardless, you have to do a, a trial with the other side. And you have to win a trial and it's, it's fucking whacked and it's funny and it's kind of dark and it's just really good good and so i picked this up and it's the first three games it's it's phoenix right ace attorney then number two and number three and i'm still on the first game i'll give the trilogy the shout out because it's all in the same package but i haven't played the the other two yet but i'm on the fourth case so i've won my first three cases and i was super intrigued because i love courtroom movies and tv shows when they're in court i love the creative writing that can come up like i think of my cousin Vinny. um always comes to mind when I think of good courtroom movies, good courtroom scenes. I think of like, even like liar, liar or um, okay. just like anything that takes place in a courtroom. I've, I've always really just appreciated. And so uh, I, I had to, I've been waiting for a long time for it to drop in price. I picked it up and you're again, you're this rookie attorney who is dealing with a murder. Now in the first crime, you see the murder happen. So you know the murderer. You know who's done it. Now you just have to prove it. And the way they make you do that through either, you know, it's it's not uh, voice acting. It's, it's written text. But through the eye contact or the inflection or just like 
so it'll present you with a scenario. You watch it out and then you ask questions and you have to pick out the lie of what that person said based on what you watched two or three minutes ago. And as they're talking, you can hit the button and all of a sudden he just goes objection. And you can then pick a bunch of like, it's really, Hmm, it's interesting. It flows really well to the point where I even asked Ashley to play it. And she played the entire first case. Oh, and and beat it and beat it. So she was super into it. And so like, then I'm thinking, okay, after the first case, they're just going to move on to a next one. No, they use the murder weapon from the first case in the second one without spoiling it. They pick that storyline up and keep it going with a new cast of characters, but also some returning ones. And it's just a really good, smart, puzzly type game to where it keeps you thinking. It's entertaining. Like I said, it's really funny and it's kind of just obscure, but it's also like a cult classic. So one of the shout out uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, the remastered trilogy on the Nintendo Switch. I got it for 15 bucks. I think it's back up to full price, but now knowing what I know about at least the first game, it's a price worth paying. It's a really good game. Yeah, glad you enjoyed it, brother. Sam, get let's get into our trivia, friend. Okay, I'll take it. This one, uh, I think I saw on a website. You might know it. I, I legit had no idea. Well, let's see. What is Sonic's original home planet? Oh, my God. Um, it, it, it's not Earth. I'm just going to say that. There. Well, no, I, I wouldn't have guessed it. Oh, my God. Uh, fuck. I'm probably going to need the answers here. Oh, my God. Okay, okay uh, I'll give you the answers. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. You said I, I might have an idea. Megaopolis, Metropolis, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, no. Chili Dog Planet. Uh, <laughs> um, make, I'll make that one, eh? <laughs> I oh shit wasn't it in the movie no I I don't remember I, I was like well, did he say it in the movie I, I couldn't recall well they show him at like Emerald Hill Zone or Emerald Hill World or whatever um I'm gonna know it I'm gonna know it when I hear it I just wanted the I just want the full point uh give me the answers okay we got A Meridian B Wisp C Mobius D Azra C Mobius correct yeah i fuck if damn it i if i would have thought about it because i was there with mega i was like with the m's mega op- well, I, well, well once you said m i was like well he's either going with a or c so yeah i damn it i well listen i'll take it five to four and a half i'll take it hey you're in the lead uh but i don't know for how long friend because now i'm gonna give you a nintendo question but even if you don't know it you're gonna get it it's a pretty you get a pretty good shot okay. you get a pretty good shot all right in Super Mario Brothers 3 for the NES, you were able to get warp whistles hidden in the levels, which could take you to different like levels later in the game. You can warp all the way to the eighth world if you wanted to. Now, they actually took that idea straight from another Nintendo franchise on the NES. Which franchise? Answers. I have no fucking idea. It's a, now here's the thing. Like I said, even if you don't know it, you still got good chances because think about the just good old fashioned first party Nintendo franchises that were around back in the you know 1990 1989 range. Yes, yeah, I I didn't I dude I didn't really mess with games like that. Like I wasn't really into. I played Duck Hunt. <laughs> that could be that could be a thing. You could might shoot a duck and get a warp whistle and. I don't no, know. No, there is no whistles and duck. Hunt. That that is not on my list of choices. All right, let me hear what you got. All right, is it Metroid? 
Is it The Legend of Zelda? Is it Mother? Or is it Kirby? Go Kirby. The Legend of Zelda. Mm. I, I, I was I was going to say Zelda until you said Kirby. And I said, huh, Kirby sounds right. All right let me, uh, real quick before I forget, let me just update the scoring here as it's now five for me, four and a half for Sam. Sorry. As we start off, before we get to the Snyder Cut, listen, I know that that's what we want to talk about. I have a, a lot of questions for Sam. He's going to do the majority of the talking there. We're probably going to argue, but that's okay. Before we do that, let's get to a review for Scoob, which is now coming. Well, it's actually out now. It's on demand uh, as opposed to theatrical, obviously. But here's the review. The earnest and entertaining Scoob is a perfectly fine distraction for kids and parents stuck at home with enough cute and amusing elements throughout to keep viewers engaged. The movie gets a lot of heartfelt mileage out of its exploration of the relationship between man and four-legged best friend, even if its messaging is simplistic and superficial. Scoob also serves as a springboard for a possible Hanna-Barbera shared movie universe with its inclusion of a number of iconic characters and elements from the famed animation company's classic cartoons. 7-0. Yeah, and I'll tell you, that last line got me interested in this movie. If there's going to be cameos from other Hanna-Barbera stuff, like maybe wacky races, I'm freaking yeah. in, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely want to see it. I'm just you're not in, in a rush, obviously, to, to do it. I'm, I'm more a little upset that they just cast someone else as Shaggy. Like, they did it, like, obviously, we know um, Matthew Lillard was the voice of Shaggy for, like, the last 20-plus years. He played him live action. Yeah, live action and then like the cartoon, like he was voicing him forever. And like I, I heard, he, heard him on a podcast and and he tweeted about it and stuff. He was like, you know, the only thing that hurt me is like they didn't even like let me know. Like there was no like casting for it or you know what I mean. Like yeah. they just boom, bam, there it is. There comes Scooby. He's like, it, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But he was like, you know what? Hey, you know it is Hollywood. Just you know because I just feel like I deserved at least a call or something. I was like, yeah, I, I would say after twenty plus years, I think you do. I see now I, I go way back with Scoob. I like Scooby-Doo a lot. Now I am more Same of, here. I am more of a fan of a pup named Scooby-Doo. That's actually my yep. favorite Scooby-Doo franchise. So if they were to re- resurrect that, as long as it's not CG, which I would imagine it is because everything's CG nowadays, um, I would appreciate it. That's why I kind of like this. Cause I believe it's like a younger Scooby. So yeah, yeah, I think it is. That's where I can, even if it gets to the older Scooby, eventually, as long as it starts younger, I can appreciate that and get into it. Um, it's not like a movie I'm going to pay for like right off the bat. I can wait until this hits, you know, whatever Cinemax Showtime, HBO, whatever I can wait for that. But like if Ash is like one night, Hey, I kind of want to watch Scoob. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but I'd be down. I'd be totally down. Yeah. You think I'd get a chance now? Like you said, now here's, this is it guys. This is the bulk of the show. Um, like you said in the beginning, we're getting the fucking Snyder cut. Uh, now you've you've said for years on this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm on record that that it was going to happen. Now I don't think we've ever disagreed on that. I don't think I've ever doubted you. But what I absolutely said was we ain't getting it anytime soon. Now we are. We're getting this in 2021. It's not going to be called the Snyder cut or the director's cut. It's going to be called. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now, we've talked about this endlessly, but there's still so much to talk about it. I have a lot of questions for you, but before any of that, I was actually 
Um, I was actually out of the office yesterday. I did not work when this was announced. I had uh, a company here helping out with some things around the house. So I was yeah. totally busy when that happened. I didn't check my phone for over an hour after you texted me that. What was your reaction when you found out that it was happening? Well, I, mean, I believe I even kind of called it on last week's podcast. I said that he's doing a Man of Steel, you know, watch along thing on Vero. And I was like, I have a feeling that if he's going to do it, he's going to do it at the end of that. And nail on the head, uh, exactly what he did. Yeah, he actually had Henry Cavill on as well, too. So you knew it was a done deal when that happened. Oh, well, yeah, cause I do. It's on YouTube. I, I, I watched it. I, mean, I didn't watch the movie with him. But just kind of watching him and his wife and the last 30 minutes, Henry came on, which was super cool, kind of talking about some of his favorite moments of, you know, filming Man of Steel and, you know, just kind of like, you know, what was the hardships they had filming it? Like, what was the craziest thing they filmed? Stuff like that. And how, like, how hot it was when they were filming, like, the one, um, the huge fight scene, like, when all over the town, they said he was just like a big, there was like, he did like open up his arm sleeve, like a puddle of sweat just came out. He was like, it was, it was crazy. But like, I thought it was really cool with Zach and you know his, his wife Karen near the end. That after it was done, Henry's on. That they brought all like eight people, just fans, to ask him or Henry some questions. And I just thought that was cool. Obviously, they were, they were all fangirling and pulling all over Henry. You know, you know he still got the full mustache. Obviously, when all this you know Corona is done, he's going to you know get back to Witcher season two. But it was just you know the thing about him is what is Zach and his wife that they were so humble and saying like, you know, you guys rang this bell for years on years without you. This was nothing, you know, without you, like this would have never happened. Kind of Zach said like, you know, I never thought he's like, to be honest, I never thought this was going to happen. He said, I kind of saw this 20 years down the line. Someone's doing a documentary and I can give them some, some, a little bit of footage here and there. Like not like here's a whole cut of the movie, but you know, here's like certain bits and pieces. Like, so to get this, you know, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, it, 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 was just, it was just awesome to see how genuine he was and kind of that, you know, doing it for the fans. Like, that, that was, it was just awesome. Now, before we go any further, I want to put out into the universe because I've tweeted it, I've said it, and I, and I mean it, is when this got announced, I'm genuinely happy. I'm genuinely happy for you, and, 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 for you. And I think, yeah, and, and I think you said that, like, like last week on the podcast, you said, you know, whether we get or not, like, if, if it does come, I want it for you. And if it does come out, I know you said, I will watch it just because how much, you know, you're into it or, you know, just, just again, just so we could talk about it on the pod. Yeah, and, and that's it, right? I am so happy for this for you because this movie, to me, it was a stinker. I thought the Justice League, the theatrical version, we got sucked. I don't think that they're going to do a complete overhaul because they they can't right now because of the pandemic, especially with the 2021 release date. So I think a lot of the movie, the like the the heart of the movie is going to change, but I think a lot of the guts isn't. And I think that yep. they're they're going to have to just kind of rework what they have and then use a lot of the shit from the cutting room floor to kind of fill the gap. Well, let me stop you right there. Zack Snyder says, I've, he said, I actually watched it, and he said, I'd say they probably only used about a quarter of what I actually shot. And I and I appreciate that, and that's been a lot of the counter-arguments, and I get yeah. that, and I totally get that. But for me, if – now, I don't think Joss Whedon was – like came in and purposely fucked it over so Marvel could do better. Like there was a theory I was reading. I, I don't know. Oh, dude, in the back of my mind, I don't know, man. I, so I don't think he did that, right? But I also don't think don't Joss know. Whedon is a shitty filmmaker. So for it, 
Like I'm super torn on that of like, okay. He, he, he tried to do with the DC movie. What kind of worked for, I guess, Avengers one, two for me didn't work so much. And I just felt like he tried to ham it up there. And I, 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 it just didn't work with the justice. Like, I feel like the hammy stuff, that's Marvel's camp. That's their every movie is kind of rinse, wash, repeat. But I also want to point out, too, that the Russo brothers did the last two Avengers movies. So Joss actually got taken off of that project. So he didn't get the opportunity to make, you know, to at least helm the biggest Avengers movies, the biggest Marvel movies, maybe even the biggest comic book. I mean, technically, by box office standards, the biggest comic book movies of all time. So there's got to be a reason for that. So I don't think he's like a shitty filmmaker. Now, I might be stuck in his Buffy the Vampire Slayer days, but I think that when he brought got brought in for this project, right, all those reshoots with the horrible CGI and the cell phone shot, of that's all shit that wasn't in the original cut. So from like that perspective, I'm psyched because I'm. He started the film with Superman's effed up face. I mean, like as soon as it started, it was like, oh my god, this is what I'm about to get into. Exactly. So uh, while while that's why I think I'm excited because you don't get that shit. Like you know that those reshoots, that reshoot, that scene in the field with Superman and Lois, like that. Oh my god, that won't be there. Like so, that stuff I'm really excited about. Yeah, and and even Henry said he goes like, kind of like I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing. This movie again, obviously without my mustache. He said, "Because yeah. it's it's not it, it, it just wasn't what they signed up for." Like once you kind of bring on a second director, like it then it becomes Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. So no matter what, I, like I, I just feel like the studio caved, and obviously what would happen with you know Zack Snyder's his daughter and everything, and I just feel like they caved. They listened to the fans too much, and they kind of were hoping just that Whedon was going to save her. And I just feel like what you have two different mindsets coming in like that. I was like, like justice league, it almost didn't even stand a chance when I, when you think about it. Right. I, but here's like the, the, maybe not the realist in me, but just like the, the conspiracy theorist or whatever will come out and say, if they only used, what'd you say? Like 15, 20%, whatever that number is. It was, yeah, it was, I think it was like 25%. Then that must like, that tells me that that other 80 either just wasn't very good or, it was trying to tell too big of a story. I think I'm leaning more towards the other part since we've heard this could be up to a four hour cut. Um, but like, I just want, I just want to get it out there that while I'm super happy for you and I'm super happy for all of our listeners that are DC fans. Um, and I don't hate particularly hate the DC movies. I just don't think that like wonder woman was any good. And Aquaman was just a slight bit overrated while it was better. I I just want to say, like, this guy, Man of Steel and BVS, even BVS needed a fucking extended cut to be any good. So it's not like his history in the DC film franchises has been spectacular. It's been okay. And that's why I want to say, like, while I'm happy for you, there still exists a possibility where this movie is just meh. And a lot of people are going to build this up over the next you know year to where these expectations, dude, are just super sky high. Well, I'll, I'll disagree with a couple things. One, I actually really loved Man of Steel. I, I, I thought that was actually brilliant. I, I thought he was I, – I don't think we can pick a better Superman. And BVS, the studio basically forced him to cut the film to two and a half hours so they could get greedy and play more – theaters obviously Zack Snyder's cut was the three-hour cut which is obviously a way better film because it actually 
fills in plot holes that were all over the two and a half hour. Like, how did that happen? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The worst thing that Zack Snyder did to me is cast Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. That's that's the worst thing he ever did. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, or at least I hope you know, that not from a DC fan perspective, who actually I do think their opinion matters most in this, but from the gen pop, the general population, that Man of Steel is not well received. And most, I see. I, I would. I disagree with that. From a lot the, of people I talk to you, love that. You, that's what I just said, though. The Gen Pop. I'm not talking about DC fans. And unfortunately, the Gen Pop, the general population, makes up a larger percentage than the DC hardcores. The random people that just go in because they remember Superman from their childhood or whatever is a. It's a bigger population than the the diehard DC fans, and so. When the general population, not the DC hardcore, not the IG family, sees this movie and just thinks it's meh, and then also on top of that, BVS getting critically shit on, whether it was two and a half hours or forced to be cut or whatever or not, that that from a gen pop perspective doesn't set this thing up to be the second coming. Where this is going to be a huge win is this Snyder Cut alone will garner HBO Max thousands of subscriptions. Oh my god, they, they, their their numbers already went up. Like number one, number two. Did you see the movie Three Hundred? I did. I know. It's did you Zach, like it? I know it's a Zack Snyder film that's fifteen years old. Did you like it? It was okay, but it wasn't my favorite. But it's good. It's good. See, like Three Hundred, I loved. What did you think of The Watchmen? I didn't like that at all. I thought it was long, boring, and overdrawn. Now, Again, now, granted, I, as time has passed, that movie has gotten a lot more popular. It's got a cult following now. It was oh my god, yeah. At the and time I of release, in, I don't, I don't really know the Watchmen like that. So right. I went and just kind of going in like a Joe Schmo, and I was like, wow, at, I, he he impressed the shit out of me with it. At the time of release, that movie was critically not. It was actually critically and even financially kind of floppy. Um, it's since garnered that cult, which I actually like. That's what I think Zack Snyder has going for him because his shit is almost better the second time around. Like, that's why I think the Snyder Cut does have a yeah, lot of legs. It is 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, like, Watchmen, 10 years later, it's got a bigger following shit to the point where they made an HBO series. Um, you ha- I know it's not, like, connected, but still, it, the, that movie had a lot to say of that. The Man of Steel, seven years later or whatever it is, that movie's more popular now than it was when it came out. BVS, the second go-around, the three-hour, is better. So, like, that's three examples of his second chance to make the film. It's better. And that's exactly what this is. So I I have faith in that. I just don't want people to do two things. Number one, have too high of expectations. I am a Nintendo fan. I know what it's like to want the world and only get, like, a city. I and But still, like, think it's the greatest thing ever. I get that. And Star Wars fans, too. I was having a nice rub with Sean on... on he's like, you always got to bring Star Wars into it. I was like, you always got to release shitty movies. So <laughs> there, there, there was that. And then secondly, I don't want people to love this movie just because what it is. And I have a really strong feeling that if it's just meh, people are going to have some very, very, very rose-colored glasses. Well, I mean, that's all that. People are entitled to you know think whatever the hell they want. Like, you know, again, I liked, I really like Man of Steel. I'll never say BBS is is perfect. I consider it the best film ever. No, because Jesse Eisenberg's in there. Because every time I see him on screen, it takes me out of the movie because I can't see him as Lex Luthor. He's just I don't care if they're saying it's his son, 
no, it, it should have never happened to me. It's it's something that I almost can't forget that he was actually cast. <laughs> you know what I mean? So no. like, I I I think I'm going in on a level head. Like to me, I'm going in like everyone got Zach's back. Like Ben Affleck, Instagram, he put it on Twitter. Um, Momoa. Momoa got so freaking like he seeing Momoa's video, how hype he was, just got me hyped. Just seeing how everyone's just so like focused. Can't wait to see this film because obviously, I mean, I, I think they prefer Zack Snyder's cut. I don't think they're going to straight up say, "Man, I wish you guys got to see Zack's cut instead of Joss's." Like they're not going to say that, you know? Or they might. Uh, <laughs> like uh, when when I mean, when Aquaman's out there saying, "Release the fucking Snyder cut." I think that tells you all you need to know, eh? No, no. I, well, I, again, and it's something like that, like. um but like, just like you didn't know for a while, like Ben was quiet, like he he didn't have no say in it. Yeah. So it's like, and then to hear like all this other footage was shot and hum, hum like, and, and then hearing you know like uh, Kevin Smith, a lady saying she's seen a whole different movie. Like again, I said before in the last podcast, this whole movie, Stephen Wolf makes it to the end, and, and Zach's it's a whole different story. Yeah. He doesn't even make it. So it's like, well, people are like, what's going to change? It's like, what? The whole fucking movie just changed. And we have a lot we have a lot of questions still we have to answer. I haven't even gone down the list yet to talk. So we still have a, a lot to talk about in this film. But what I again, what gives me hope is the passion that the actors have given yeah. this project. Like that all right there tells me that they're not afraid of the Snyder cut. They well, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Sorry. They want to see it. So they believe in the project. So that gives me a little bit more hope, a little bit more hope. Talking to you gives me a little bit more hope. But where I'm at is, dude, I'm a Pokemon fan. Nothing tells you like to level your expectations like a new Pokemon game. So I've been there to where I was like, X and Y is awesome. And now like three, four, five, six years later, I'm like, it is so mediocre. So like, I, I I just want people to to temper their expectations as they watch this and to just enjoy it for what it is and not hope that it's the savior for the DC franchise. I think that like Shazam 2, Black Adam, even even though it's not like a one for one, Joker, like those things have helped the DC brand in ways that even the Justice League couldn't have imagined. And so getting that movie back to where you know, Zach envisioned it at first. Uh, hopefully we don't know what this product is going to look like because they can't go shoot new shit right now. So we just don't really know. I just, I hope people enjoy it. M Cassini on Instagram hit us up and said, this is the greatest news of 2020 for a non gamer. He's probably right. So, you know, what else has been, we don't know shit about Marvel. There hasn't really been this other giant announcement of a movie um, I mean, the best thing of 2020 was Final Fantasy VII. But we easy. knew about that in 2015. So the best yeah. new announcement, you're probably I mean, right. But, but technically, weren't weren't we screaming about the Snyder Cut since 15, 16? But so it was like, never. Yeah, we but waiting. it was. But it was never real. It was never yeah. announced. Well, it so. was real. It was just. It wasn't. You know where it is now. Because I know um, earlier today, Zach and his wife kind of they they tweet out a picture or Vera wherever it was, and kind of they were saying, hey. Thank you again for everyone of their toast and having a drink. Obviously, well-deserved. They're saying, you know, tonight we're just going to take it easy, relax, enjoy it, and, and tomorrow we're back at work. Because, again, remember, his initial vision was three Justice League movies. Yes. So I'm thinking he's going to he's gonna have to tweak this, the, the script a little bit because, I, I mean, there's no way they're going to be like, well, guess what? We're going to get another sequel. So, like, this is going to be it. So he's going to have to tweak it just enough to kind of – tie a bow around it which is why it is probably going to be four hours and another thing i'm just happy about 
we're getting two Batman movies in 2021. Yep. Like that. Like I, I, I could, you know, okay. Two, two different Robert, Batman he, he, from two different Robert directors. Pattinson, yeah. Here's Ben Affleck, two totally different, you know, Batman's in their own right. And, and, and guess what? I'm here for all. So now let's get into the questions that I had prepared for, for this kind of news. And I'll, I'll let you go on them. I'll give my two cents when you're done. But, uh, there were, you know, there's speculation out there that people don't know if this is going to be a four hour film or if it's going to get cut into like six episodes over HBO Max. I know I have my opinion, but what would you prefer and what do you actually think will happen? I mean, I mean, I would say I probably prefer the four hour movie just because I get it there all at once. But if HBO is going to do what I think they're going to do is they're probably are going to space it out and do it episodic to kind of keep people hanging around at least for two, three months during this, because once it's over, you know, people may cancel or, you know, cause you have to finish this out. You're not going to watch the first, you know, 30 minutes. And say, All right, I'm done. It's just not going to happen. That's exactly right. I mean, what would you, you get people that are going to sign up for the free seven day trial and they're going to watch it in four hours and be done with it and never, ever keep the service. But if you extend it to six weeks, that's two months. You've now just gotten 30 bucks from somebody to $15 a month and 30 bucks is $10 more than the price. Well, what double the price of admission. So now you've yeah. just made double the money. It just makes too much sense because to me, once you're in, you're in. And even if there's a stinker, if episode three stinks, you're still going to see it out because of the investment made. Nobody's going to oh, drop oh, ship, yeah. you know, and good. I was going to say what, one good thing that I think with the president of HBO or HBO max kind of said like, you know, when he first started, I guess where he got the position where he's at, their head, CEO, whatever, he said the first thing I heard and until now was released the Snyder Cut. That was always in our mail, all over Twitter, Instagram. He's like, so for us to kind of be able to do this for the fans, like we we make movies for you guys, for the fans. Like, I just felt like the way he said it. The way, of course, he's going to say the right things, of course, but the way he said, it, I I felt I felt it was genuine, and you know, and it's 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 not just hey. I have everything. It's it's everything's done. We don't have to put money. Like they still got to fork up quite, you know, quite a you know good chunk of change. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they said that they're going to pump twenty million dollars into this project. What do you think they're going to be doing with that twenty million dollars? You don't have to get uber specific, but just some ideas of what stuff like stuff you think they can do or that they will do. Yeah, and a couple of reports that said you know, the twenty to thirty million dollar range, which hey, I'm sure it could be more, it could be less. You know, um, we know that the special effects weren't finished. So I imagine they're going to have to probably touch up, you know, dark side and and uh, maybe there was more Amazon fights, depending which, you know, again, it's if we only saw 25 percent of what Zach shot, like what I heard was every character's arc is completely different. And it's 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 more cyborg. It's way more Batman. We get the black Superman suit. Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, so I know we're getting it. So it's, there's just so much stuff that probably just needs to be tweaked. And who knows? Maybe there's some reshoots that have to happen. So, but I just, I don't see that happening because it's any superhero film requires a lot of CG from the costume to the effects. And to pump this out by 2021, and we're probably talking springish, probably about a year from now, once this shit is over and we go back to normal, you probably aren't still getting people being allowed in groups of more than 50. And it takes right around that to shoot a movie. It could offer a lot of challenges. I personally think that this 20 is going to CGI pretty much all of it. I think mo- mostly all, maybe some uh, 
extra voice work in the studio because no, actors and the can reason, do that. I, the reason I say that there has there's going to be more acting again is remember he's not doing the other two films, so his story is going to have to change a little bit and he's going to have to pivot. So I think there almost has to be new scenes. It would be really funny as if at the end of the movie, it just cuts to two people on a zoom call and it's just, yes. like, it's just like Ben Affleck in the bat suit and the guy who plays dark seed or dark side or whatever. And he's just like, you're dead. <laughs> just do it over zoom. I, I, I mean, it, to me, it, it was cool just to think like, let, let's say they do have to do it again. Like, okay, we never thought we were going to get Ben Affleck again. Let's say Ben Affleck has to come back and shoot one week or something like that. Just something that you thought was over. And, you know, just when they thought I was out, they pull me back in. Like, I, I, I just, you know, because a lot of people say Ben Affleck is the best live adaptation of Batman, which I, I, I consider him probably to be in everyone's top three of live action Batman. That's just, you know, me personally. But yeah. it's ironic that the best one of the best live action Batmans just doesn't have a great Batman film under his belt. It's a shame, too. Like, I'm talking a great solo Batman film, and he doesn't have one. So I uh, would have loved to see him as the Batman. That would have been probably oh, my course. choice. But, you know, we'll go we'll go there another day. Um, in the original cut of the Justice League, you don't get a lot of the black suit uh, for Superman. You don't get any of the black suit. Well, you get him walking down the one hallway, and you see it. So how much now, because we know that a lot of these characters are getting expanded story arcs. That's where a lot of the runtime is going to be going to get a lot more stuff in Atlantis and a lot more stuff with Wonder Woman, a ton more stuff with evil Superman, as I'm calling him for lack of a better phrase. Will we get more black suit and how much more do you think? Oh, he, he said, yeah. And I thought in the Vero interview, he said, oh, yeah, he's like, you're actually going to get the black suit. I, I think it's when he when I guess, you know, he's awakened, you know, or risen, however you want to say it, I think that entire time we're going to see him in, in the black suit. Right, and I won't spoil it, but there's a key death that happens to make him the way he is, and we didn't see that in the original cut. I think that might even make its way into the Snyder Cut because I, I believe they filmed that. I I'm, I think they do, but I know for for Josh's they scrap basically the I don't like I don't even remember seeing the black suit now that I think about it in Justice he's, League. He's walking down like a blue. I don't even. I think it's in the. Um, oh my I, god! I know. I know the hallway scene you're thinking of. I'm thinking like maybe that was a deleted scene or something because I mean I haven't seen Justice League in a, in a little bit. Yeah, I got to go back and watch it too. This is actually getting me excited to like go watch the original again just to. Compare. I'll probably do it closer to the release. Maybe actually. I oh, so, same here. Like I, I definitely want to rewatch it, and and because what what he said was every like every character arc is 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 different. They they changed everything. Will we get any Green Lantern Corps stuff? A- again, I I like they did say in when um that scene with Alfred where you saw that green light. It, yep. They he said it was supposed to be Green Lantern. Um, I doubt that they'll do that now considering they already have plans for a green a green lanterns movie you know and i think they showed that it was just super so they switched it to superman i mean hey if they want to keep a green lantern i'm in like i'll never say no to that so you don't think ryan reynolds is going to show up Nah, i i think reynolds hung up the ring for good (laughs) yeah uh now joe manganello came out and and kind of tweeted out his support of the project, do you think we're going to get any more Deathstroke? A hundred percent, considering his tweet was, and I quote, the original end credit scene, and is rumored that he's facing off against Batman. So I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I, I love Deathstroke. I, he's one of my favorite Batman villains. He's so badass. And I, I thought to imagine, oh, good casting. 
seeing them in the armor and, and the hair dyed. I was like, yep, I'm sold. So just the, sad that we just sad that we only got that shitty one with him and Jesse Eisenberg. The the assumption being that he was going to be the main villain of the second Justice League like, movie. Or? No, I, I believe he was supposed to be the main villain for the solo Batman movie. Oh, uh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but which makes sense of them two uh, having the standoff at the end. Yeah. Now, now, granted, it'll still just be an end credit. You don't think we're actually going to get a death stroke in the actual film? They probably didn't shoot anything there right i mean i i would like like a two three minute little fight scene or something like that that would just be epic just we never like saw like deathstroke we only got that little baby tease on that yacht and it, it just it wasn't enough i wanted a little bit more something to sink my teeth into yeah just when i when i see jesse's bald ass head i'm like oh now, right out of the movie now you mentioned this a couple minutes ago but i want to tie back is you had mentioned this was supposed to be a, an original idea for Zach was a trilogy. You also said a couple minutes ago that, well, that's pretty much dead. They got to kind of put an end to it with this movie, with this, with the Zack Snyder cut. Now, do you think that there is a possibility that they do leave it open-ended even in Zack Snyder's version to whereas if it does as well as they hope on HBO max, that we can get, those extra two films, even if they're reimagined and even if they're rewritten and even if they're not what the original plan was, do you think this could lead to more justice league films? Even now that we have uh, Matt Reeves and, and uh, Robert Pattinson and all that. I mean, I would, of course I would love that because I, I liked his idea of his plan of one, two and three, because he, you know, he talked about, I don't want to say too, too much, but he talked about where he was going and kind of the end game of that. And I, it, it was it was definitely a hell of a vision and, you know, definitely risky to do. But I thought that the payoff of, you know, just I think the lead off of one, two would have been bananas. It, the, the ending, we would have been probably just crushed. And then kind of the third one was, you know, obviously well, we, they kind of come in and save the day. But obviously it was going to be a bit there was going to be a big casualty in that. I believe it was the second or third one. But I mean, hey, if, if it makes enough money and. <sighs> I, I just don't know how that would work with, you know, especially with Aquaman 2 and well, wouldn't know, it be, technically Wonder Woman. And wouldn't it have to be Pattinson moving forward? Like it would be Affleck as the first Justice League and then all of a sudden they recast Batman. Wouldn't that have to kind of be the case? I mean, I would say no. I, I would kind of like, I don't know. I feel like, OK, I'm cool with two different Batmans. Like I, I'll be OK. You know, like I'm good. I can I can handle Pattinson's trilogy, and you want to give us like uh, a Zack Snyder Just League trilogy on just HBO Max? I- I'm all for that. Sign me up. Yeah, that I think that's got too much potential not to be a theatrical thing. Um, but again, the first Justice League didn't do as well financially as as, that, as everyone had hoped. It was outgrossed by Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and, yep. and Joker, and all that. So, um, last question, and then we'll kind of tie the bow is it's not even really a question. This is just my thinking is because there is too much of a story to tell here outside of Zack Snyder's family, um, you know, issue that led to the whole redirecting in the first place. I don't know if I touched that, but I think there is such a unique and wonderful and beautiful story here that personally, I think they should release a documentary around all this, especially focusing in on from the announcement to the release that year or so. And what that looks like. Do you agree? Oh, I think after this is out, I, I almost imagine they're already like, okay, we, we should do a documentary of kind of 
day one of after, you know, when people start to say release the Snyder cut and kind of what was going through Zach's mind and, you know, maybe have some of the actors on like, what did you think? Did you believe, you know, obviously they knew there was another cut of the film if they shot, you know, a 75% of other film that wasn't in the theatrical release. So it's like, you know, let's say, oh, there's another cut out there. Like, I didn't like where Josh went here. But I wish we could have stayed with Zach's. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think a, a documentary is a, a genius idea. I, I think if they don't do it, they missed. It is hard to get a documentary crew out there right now in this in this craziness. So that's where I can see it being like, all right, Zach, take out your cell phone and just record everything. Well, it could be, you know, he could have his assistant do it, hire someone to do it, him and his wife kind of writing it down because he said tomorrow they get to work. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, and, and there's work to be done. I mean, 20, 30 million dollars, you know, it's, it's a nice chunk of change. Yeah, that'll that'll almost pay off my student loans. Almost. <laughs> and, you know, again, I'm thinking, I was like, huh, if they have to do reshoots, you know, I'm thinking maybe it's some salary issues, obviously CGI. And I'm just hoping that, because I know I I thought we only got like a little tease of Dark Side. I'm hoping now that maybe this is the only one. Maybe it's that's that expensive. Maybe we're going to get a lot more Dark Side. Because hey, in DC, that's the biggest baddie they got is Dark Side. I think that they could make him look. Well, no, wait. Steppenwolf was the main villain in the first one, right? Yeah, that's okay. yeah, and that's can they don't, please make Dark him Side's lieutenant? Can they please make him look better? I don't. I, mean, I just don't think he looked very good. Probably not it, 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 to me from the beginning. Once they said Stephen Wolf was the main baddie, I was like, "That's a mistake." Yeah, that's he's he's just not big enough. He what I, what Zach is going to do with him? I think yes, that's exactly what should have been done from the beginning. But then, like, and then I know and then hearing I all. Good. And then just hearing kind of he made it, or I, I might even uh, Charlie on his uh, you know emergency also on YouTube. I think he said even like. And just like when he kind of was like that family they have to save during like next to the base, that was all Joss's idea. So like that whole like the whole ending that which, which kind of like it was shitty was all his idea. So it's like Zach's ending was had nothing to do with what was shown. So it's like ah, I I want to see. I I have to give Zach the benefit of doubt. He 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 proved, he's proven himself to release at least a few good movies. We might not love all of them, but there's definitely a few that I I really enjoy. I really am excited to not see so much red. That movie is really like straining my eyes when I watch it, the color. And and also he used the whole, the the whole color palette was. Yeah. So I'm excited to see Zach's kind of version of that. hundred percent, man. Again, nothing against Joss. I mean, Hey, obviously he's, he did Avengers one. It did great. Buffy Firefly. Like we, we know he's great, but I just, I just think, you know, he, He's just maybe not meant for a DC film right now. Now let's tie it all together. So the one thing that you've wanted from DC for the last five years has happened. What's next? We have it probably minimum a year, maybe around 13, 14 months till we see this. What do you do besides wait to kind of prepare yourself? Like to prepare myself for this film? Yeah. Like, is are you just kind of going into hype hibernation, or are you going to read every friggin' article you can over the next twelve months? Nah, I I, I don't want to get that close. I mean, obviously, doing a podcast, we're going to have to hear some kind of you know hear some kind of news, but I'm I'm not going to go like actively digging and digging and digging for it. I I think I'm just you know this again. That's that's 2021. 
that's plenty of time. You know, obviously we're still getting through this freaking virus. Like I still, I just want to get through this freaking year first before, you know, we're there. Once we're, once it's 2021 and we get closer, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to get more hyped and stuff like that, but I, I'm not going to overhype myself. Like, I think I got to, I think I'm, I'm leveled where, you know, what I'm expecting from this film. I've only seen you once since March 11th. And that was earlier this week when I took a walk by your house. Yeah. So, yeah. but time has kind of flown. It's been almost three months. Um, so I, I'm with you. Like I'm this year is kind of just when we look back at 2020 with, but started with Kobe and now all this other craziness, I even started with like Australia being on fire. It's just like, what a fucking weird year we're in. This is at least like we've gotten Tony Hawk remaster. You got final fantasy seven release. We're getting the last of us part two. Um, we're getting Pokemon DLC for the first time ever. We're getting, uh, Wonder Woman 84 eventually. Right. We're eventually going to start phase four um, with what I think will be a dud, but that's for another day. Um, but 2020 has these little tiny wins that without the pandemic would be these enormous like front of the world headlines. And now they're just like, but there's always like the asterisk. So I'm excited yeah. that finally – Something was able to break through the asterisk and just get a community of fans so super hyped that literally nothing else matters right now. So to all of our friends on IG that follow us there, to all of the family that you have personally on your on your IG, Stampede21589, like to everybody that believed in this and that tweeted it and that hashtagged it, to Zack Snyder, to HBO Max, to the suits that finally listened, a big giant fucking thank you. Oh, and, and of course, it goes to the fans. Whoever started the movement of the petition of release this Snyder Cut, obviously, them guys deserve all the freaking credit. Yeah. And the only thing I hate now is, you know, you see on Instagram of like, like the haters, like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say the Marvel fanboys, but it could be kind of just like, eh, it's gonna suck anyway. Or it's like, guys, just, just, just let, let people enjoy it. Like, we're obviously twenty twenty is a shitty ass year. If, if why do you got to go on and shit on someone's parade? That's something that people are hyped about to see. It's like, just can we just be happy for a minute? Like, we got to win here. We sure did. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just see all the negativity. It just, I, you know, I just get frustrated with it. Just let, let us enjoy our moment. Hey, man, I have my reservations. I just like to think that um, I'm still happy as shit that it happened, and I'm still happy for my boys. Like, I'm super happy for my friends that got this too. So I'm psyched. I just I just have my reservations as a film fan. Um, so I'll I'll fall under like the like the in between there. Like I kind of shit on it, but I'm super happy about it. Like at the same time. Yeah. Um, but let's move on uh, from that awesome announcement to just a weird thing, like a weird story. And it actually released on my birthday this past Sunday. And of all stories to come out on a Sunday, of course it's something around the New Mutants. Because I just can't separate myself from this goddamn movie. Oh, um, Jesus. And so listen, the New Mutants got, has gotten uh, delayed five times. Like it's gotten a new release date five times. Besides Uncharted, that's got to be some sort of a record. That's insane. So I was reading, perusing through IGN. And IGN had an article. And it said, uh, the, the title of the article was... Why the New Mutants can't debut on Disney Plus or Hulu, which was immediately a click for me because we've said on this thing 
A, I was on record, I am, of saying this will never hit theaters. It's got to debut on a streaming platform. And quite frankly, it just makes more sense to do so. Or have it go straight to VOD, like yeah. uh, Harley Quinn and all this other stuff. So when I read this, I was like, okay, if this isn't just a bullshit Sunday article and actually has meat to it, I'd like to talk about this. So I'm going to kind of read some excerpts from this article as to why this movie can't can't debut on the places we want to see it. Okay, but before you continue, we, we never jumped and did the top three. I don't know if you just want to oh, that shit. quick. Oh, shit. That is completely my bad. I'm not even going to edit it out. I usually add a three, two, one to our notes. I completely forgot. So, yeah. yeah well, we, well, since since we, we did do a, a deep dive, I'll, I'll just you know, give my, you know, I'll just give it fast, not, nothing crazy about it. Yeah. You know, we'll go three, three, two, two, one, one. But my number three. Hold on, hold on. Was, we didn't say what the top three was. It's going to be our top three characters we are looking forward to seeing in Zack Snyder's version of the Justice League. Yeah, and my number three, it's it's Deathstroke. He's one of my favorite villains. And to get Joe Mendel to tweet about the original end credit scene, and and I know he hyped up this like before the movie came out, and obviously the reshoots happened, and that happened. He was probably a disappointment. So from hearing what I heard, that it was a standoff between him and Batman. Maybe it could change. Maybe there could be more shots now. I can't wait to see it. My number three is Superman because I'm not a big Superman fan. But I kind of want to be, and I really like Henry Cavill as an actor. So to get that deeper backstory potentially, to get more of the black suit Superman, if actually just to get some, uh, to understand a little bit more of his background and to not get that nasty CG, I'm really excited to where Superman could go in this film. Yep. My number two, Every I co-sign everything you said, black suit, get rid of that nasty CGI mustache. Henry my, is Superman. My number two is Cyborg. Uh, I am also on record of saying when this movie came out um, and we first did our first review of it back in, I think, 17, um, it was one of the first things we talked about, I think, was uh, I actually Cyborg was my one of my favorite parts of the movie. But like looking back on it, he just he wasn't like he still was because I think there's a lot of good characteristics there, but it just wasn't portrayed on film very well. And from what I hear and, and what it really drove it home was uh, emergency. Awesome was saying like, there's a ton more cyborg stuff to unpack here from the original thought process. So to be able to finally get the cyborg that I was hoping for. And that, that kind of like Hawkeye under the radar cult favorite kind of hero. I'm looking forward to that. I like cyborg a lot. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah. And uh fun fact for when they did the, you know, the, the Zack Snyder's cut, Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg, was the first person Zack Snyder called. Hell yeah! So I, I thought that was, that was really cool, and I like the way how he how he's always supported Zack Snyder, and he's still hashtag Borg life this entire time. So I, I I agree. I cannot wait to see Cyborg. But my number one dude, give me Batman, baby. We 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 know Batman is my favorite. Uh, ben Affleck looked great in that damn suit. And just hearing again, hearing Zach saying, you know, all, all this stuff, it, it's it's different. There's so much that, that we're missing here. And, and, and just to get more Ben as Batman, sign me up. My number one is Deathstroke. Um, I know you're number three for the exact reasons. Deathstroke is my favorite DC villain. Um, and to have him kind of have that standoff with Batman would be just kind of epic in every way. I would I would turn on a dime and give my left you know what to see a sell a solo batman film with deathstroke as the villain i think getting a little tease of that would at least at least give me a little bit just give me a little bit of the bread you know what i'm saying yeah yeah 
100%. All right, let's move back into the piece here about the new mutants. And like I said, I'm just going to kind of you read some excerpts from the article that was written. Uh, this is from IGN. Matt Fowler is the uh, is the author of this. And basically they go through why they can't release this you know, on VOD, on Hulu, on Disney Plus, even though Disney owns Hulu, Disney owns Disney Plus, and Disney owns Marvel, which is making this movie. Um, here, they here's need some, some type of return. They spent too much. They need some cash money. Here is kind of some of the reason. Um, so this is a report from Den of Geek that IGN is reporting on that 20th Century Fox had existing cable rights deals in place for some of their titles at the time that Disney acquired, uh, acquired Fox, which actually precludes the new mutants from being shifted to the Disney owned streaming platform. So basically what that means is that all Fox films released for the next two years must premiere on HBO now or HBO go streaming service. So they actually, if they went to VOD, they would have to go straight to HBO which just doesn't happen. You see yeah, it now with the Snyder. You can see it now with the Snyder cut happening. So there's like a precedence there, but that's 2021 and this movie slated for August. So to all of a sudden say Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Oh, by the way, Warner Brothers, DC, or I'm sorry, Warner Brothers, Fox. Uh, uh, what's the service again? HBO. Like it just doesn't make a lot of sense for them. It's just one random Marvel movie in the middle of it all. Yeah. Um, now here's the here's the kicker. Here's the one that drives it home. According to Variety, Disney is actually contractually obligated to theatrically release all of their finished movies or films that were in post production at the time of the acquisition, and that includes New Mutants. Wow. So Damn. so. To tie a bow on it all, there is technically, and this is per Collider, there is technically a way for New Mutants to debut on Disney+. Plus. It just requires a lot of hoops. They would have to amend their contracts. Um, basically, like Marvel, and, I'm sorry, Disney and Fox would have to amend the contract that they signed to sign off on a new deal. And for Disney to somehow negotiate that with Fox's HBO contract, which per Collider is achievable, but might not be worth the hassle. It's a lot of work to do to quote. It's a lot of work for an offbeat X-Men film. So, you know, anybody can just wave the magic hand over the contract and magically the words change on said contract. But is it worth it for a movie that's now been rescheduled five yeah, times? Yeah, not, not worth it at all. And it, it, again, I, I always said it's going to get released in theaters because they spent so much over a hundred million dollars on this film. They got to recoup something. This movie is just destined to be shit, though. Yeah, I mean, I heard a lot. One article said, "Could it be like a sleeper hit?" No, I mean, hey, shit, anything's freaking possible. And we were getting the Snyder cut. Well, but all, they, all, all honesty, it's probably just going to be just like kind of, you know, the the last few X Men movies. Like Dark Phoenix wasn't great, and obviously Apocalypse sucked. So they're they're on a downward trend. Well, plus the fact is that this movie should be an R, and it's not. It's yep. a horror movie in that vein. You're you're making a PG thirteen. You're automatically disqualifying it from having a lot of good stuff. 
Yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. And uh, consider from the beginning, they said, it's going to be radar, radar. Ah, just kidding, PG-13. Exactly, dude. This is the same thing that happened with another movie. I can't remember what, where they were like, R, R, R. Oh, by the way, never mind, 13. Um, oh, Venom. It was Venom. Yep, yep. Um, so this is a story that dropped pretty much right before, was confirmed right before we went on the air. So it's new to the rundown. Mark Guggenheim, one of the architects of the CW's Arrowverse, will actually write the script for a new Spider-Man, Spider-Man finale. Wow. Spider-Man spinoff film from Sony, Jackpot. Which I, I'm not, like, I, I, I know the name, I'm not like too familiar with, but Mark Guggenheim is obviously Arrowverse, all them shows, and he's well-versed in comics, and he knows what he's doing, so I, I think the Spider-Verse is in great hands. David Arquette will be returning to the Scream reboot as Sheriff Dewey Riley. This came out of nowhere. I, I just remember him. Serve duty, reporting for duty. <laughs> <laughs> my so, man, I mean, hey, it's good to see David Arquette get the job. My man, David Arquette is all tatted up nowadays, so they're probably gonna yeah. have to put some sleeves on him or something. And uh, he also is like trying to become a professional wrestler again, which probably isn't going so great given the fact that he's returning back to acting at the first drop of a hat. And, well, you figure Scream and Scream was a big hit, so you know why not. Yeah. I can't blame him. Whatever. He's a, he's a, well, I wouldn't necessarily call him a side character or a B character. He's actually a pretty integral character to the screen plot, but who, oh, kno- 100%. who knows about the reboot? Tom Hanks's World War II film Greyhound will actually skip theaters and release straight to Apple Plus TV of all places. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, ah, like, I want to say, obviously, we love Tom Hanks. And, you know, I, I know we both like, you know, like war, war films. Yeah. But Apple TV, it's like, ah, uh, I don't think I'm going to pay for Apple just to see this. Dude, they're they're trying hard to get those subscriptions, my friend, and it's just not working out. Apple TV Plus I, is a dud. I mean, if you gave me like a free 30 days, okay, I'll do that. I'll watch the, the C1 with Jason Momoa, that, that little show, and then I'd watch this movie, and then I'm out. I'm almost positive, and if they don't, they should, that when you buy like an Apple TV or like some sort of Apple product that you can probably get a free 30 in there somewhere from buying that. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. If they don't, they're missing an opportunity. I apologize if I pronounce the name wrong, but it sounds like Asai Morales uh, has, yeah, I think that's right. yeah, has joined Mission Impossible 7 and 8 as the villain replacing Nicholas Holt. I actually got so hyped on this news. Yeah, um, because Isai Morales plays somebody that you really like. Yeah, he was obviously in the first season of um, Ozark. He was he plays Deathstroke in uh, the TV show Titans, and he's just super menacing and has that perfect villain. Where I don't I don't know why they had Nicholas Holt, who guy who played Beast in the X Men. Yeah. I, I I just don't I, I I can't see that casting. So I I think they maybe they saw that and corrected their mistake. Maybe they just watched Ozark or just watched Deathstroke. I don't know. But I, I, I am definitely all for this casting. I think this, it's Mission Impossible. I was going to see it regardless, but just to get him in here just got me more excited for this film. I'll take over in gaming. I'll start us off. The digital version of Gamescom will officially take place between August 27th through the 30th. And now uh, we talked, uh, I think, a week or two ago about Gamescom shifting to digital, which is smart. But now we have the dates. This falls in August where... Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest is still technically going on. I wouldn't be surprised if he has his hands in that and he kind of uh, – I, I, he might have already announced it, but kind of already – he kind of takes the reins on that and kind of shows it through his platform and the Game Awards platform. But 
you're going to get some major news drops there because guess what? Companies don't need E3 anymore and they'll hold off for two months until Gamescom so they can polish it up, make sure it's ready to cook and go. So for me, for the first time in a while, I'm hyped as shit for Gamescom. Yeah, and this is, again, I think the beginning of the end for E3, everything's going to be digital. Yep. Now we got a few updates on some features of Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Remastered. Yeah, and it's just a small couple. Uh, Vicarious Visions came out, and, and the actually the head of Vicarious Visions, Jen O'Neill, she came out and said that the game will actually not have microtransactions, which is good. I saw that, which I was hyped for. But then she said, at launch. At launch, yeah. I, I was like, ah. Every, here's the quote. Everything that you see at launch is going to be unlocked with gameplay, which was my actual number one thing that I said, if we get only one thing, I hope we unlock things naturally by playing the game. So that's a com- that's good. But then she says, we're not planning on having monetization at launch. So a lot of people read that as microtransactions. Here's how I read it. I just read it as we're getting DLC skaters and or maps like we could get Tony Hawk three or we can get some newer skaters or we can get some retro versions of older skaters that we'll have to pay for, Um, you know, maybe some levels. But like, I don't I didn't think this was like buy a deck. Like it's a skateboarding game. Let me tell you, you only see the deck when you do a flip trick. You you don't need a cool deck. Just that's it. Um so I'm really hoping they don't sell decks for like 75 cents or a dollar. I could see that. And in a world I, where you could buy a deck for a dollar, I don't want to live in that world. I mean, I, I wouldn't buy it at all anyways. The only way I would do, I would even pay money would be like, if it was like, if for some crazy reason, Bucky Elastic wasn't in the game, I would be devastated and I would have to pay to get him because he's, you know, one of my favorite skaters. But other than that, I I don't think I'd, I'd pay for anything. Maybe an extra. I could see like you said an extra board. Okay, maybe I could see that from the third one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If they if they announce the Tony Hawk three pack where they give us all the levels from Tony Hawk three and it costs fourteen ninety nine, I'm in. That's yeah, fine. I'll probably pick that up. That's fine. Yeah. The Last of Us Part Two is getting a limited edition exclusive PS4 Pro. And if you want to check that out, it is on our social medias. It's on at We Podcast and We Know Things on Instagram, or just find us at We Podcast and We Know Things on Facebook. You can check out what it looks like there, and and it looks cool. It's got a nice like The Last of Us Leaf thing going. It's got the imprint. Um, the PS4 Pro is a nice looking console, but like selling a console right now is tough because. Most people get things delivered and don't go to the store. A lot of stores yep. aren't open for this stuff. So it's just a tough time to release a special edition console. That's why I think if you can get your hands on this, you do it and you save it. And in 15 years or 20 years, things probably going to be worth five, 600 bucks. Yeah, I, this is definitely, I, I guess, a collector's item. But I know for a lot of people like me, it's too close to the PS5 launch. So I have no interest in this at all. That's another, just, yeah, that's another it. reason why this thing might not sell. Um, this is for The Last of Us Part 2, meaning that what they should do is bundle in Part 1 with this Pro. Now, that's the move. And or, or just throw the have both of them in there just, I, I don't know. know i think that's there's additional 60 bucks to be made but like you can find the last of us part one remastered for like 15 20 bucks 10 bucks places True. so like that doesn't really hurt you from a from a revenue perspective to keep it at the rate and just throw that in as a pack in if you throw in the last of us part two now you got to make it 60 dollars more expensive when you can just yeah, sell cool. that on its own so i you know for me 
I I think that if you packed in the first one, which they they might have, and I just missed it. I don't think I did. I think that's the power move. But uh, this is a console that, like you said, very close to the PS5, and also in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know if this thing's going to do very well. I think this is going to be one of the rarer collectors consoles so if you do get your hands on one take care of it keep that box i still have my uncharted 4 uh, ps4 box and all the manuals and all the innards i'm never getting rid of that thing because i think it'll be worth something someday so keep it if you want to maybe double your money one day looks like the new call of duty game in 2020 will be titled call of duty black ops cold war to go back in time, I'm always a fan of. I like the older style war games that are set in, in you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. So to go back to the Cold War with that whole kind of Russia thing, I think is awesome. You have the no Ru- or no more Russian mission in Modern Warfare 2 that was extremely controversial. To be able to play a whole game where it's United States versus Russia, we don't get a lot of that from a very ra- grounded war franchise we usually get that from the metros and like the kind of out there uh franchises so to see call of duty go with the cold war which had a devastating effect on all of the countries involved i think it's a really smart move yeah I, I definitely agree with you ubisoft might bring back the scott pilgrim video game uh scott pilgrim had a watch along uh with the original director the other night and during it he just kind of tweeted out you know, they should, Edgar, Edgar Wright, right? Yeah, they should just kind of, No, no, he was the director. I'm talking the creator of Scott Pilgrim. Okay. I, I can't remember his name, but he I think it's like Barry O'Neill or something. He just came out and he said they should re-release the the uh, Scott Pilgrim game, which in I think 2014, it came out in 2010. I think in 2014 it got pulled for no 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 one ever said why. They never addressed it. It just got pulled from all stores, from uh from all digital fronts and all that. A lot of people think it was because of music licensing. That's generally the reason behind those types of things. It was a digital-only release, I think. So from like Xbox's store and PS3 store and stuff, it just kind of got pulled and then never, ever mentioned again. So he just – and by the way, it was very critically acclaimed. Smash hit. I loved it. It was so good. I never bought it. I played it on a friend's Xbox in college. I thought it was really, really fun, like a beat-em-up kind of style game. And uh, and animated like the comic books too. It's really cool. Oh, that's cool. And he didn't tag anybody. He only hashtagged. He said release the release the uh, pilgrim cut or something. And uh, then he hashtagged watch with the academy. So never tagged Ubisoft who published the game. Never hashtag him nothing. But Ubisoft saw the tweet and replied to it with those like, hmm, like thinking eyes. Yeah. So like. Those eyes that are like, what'd you say? Like, we hear you. Maybe it's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't have to do that. And so they did that. And now it's got a lot of people thinking, oh, are they fucking with us? Are they fucking with us? Or are they doing this? So I hope that That's they, cool. I hope they're doing it. That'd be awesome. Alan Wake is now on Xbox, Games Pass, and Iron Man VR dropped a free demo on PS4. Both, I mean, they have nothing to do with each other, but I found it was kind of prophetic that on the same day, Iron Man VR, which desperately needs a, a demo after it the needs something, it needs something, some hype after the delay. There's not a lot going on in the Marvel world right now to get that ha- to have that have a demo is great news. So go pick it up right now and play it for free. If you're on PSVR, download that demo. And secondly, Alan Wake is a cult classic that they remedy. I have no idea why they've abandoned that franchise, but they came out and they said, we're celebrating the 10 year anniversary of Alan Wake. 
no, we're not releasing a new game, but here you go. It's on Game Pass. So if you've never gotten to play the Alan Wake game um, or you just kind of want to revisit it on modern hardware because it is from the Xbox 360 era, well, now here's your chance. And I think that they're going to just like Crash and all that, they're going to take this and I really truly believe they're going to use this as a measuring stick to check the interest to see if it's not just on Twitter, to see if people are actually paying with their wallets. And if this does well on Game Pass, we might get a new Alan Wake on Xbox Series X. And hell, we might already be getting one, and this is just the tease. So I think things are looking up for Alan Wake fans. Yes. Let me take over here for television, which is weird. We generally don't do it this way, but I am i don't know why I did it. I'm not going to lie. But anyway... Let's take over in television for a review of the Stargirl series premiere. Before I read the review, did you watch it? I did. Cool. Stargirl is just the sort of charming, wholesome superhero series the world could use right about now. Despite a rough opening act, the pilot quickly finds its footing as it hones in on the story of Courtney Whitmore and her strained family relationships. The series plays as much like a goofy teen comedy as a superhero drama. That not only broadens the show's appeal, it helps it find its own voice rather than repeating the grim and gritty formula of the past DC Universe shows or recycling the same old Arrowverse tropes. It's a time, I'm sorry, it's time for something a little different and Stargirl delivers. 7-5. In 8. I disagree when they said it had a, a disappointing opening or what they say? A disappointing first act. I... 100% disagree because I thought the opening act was awesome. We got to see the Justice Society of America battle the injustice. Oh, dude, like, that's great. I was like, holy dude, you got to see some awesome old school DC characters that you've never seen before. I mean, obviously, if you're a comic nerd like myself, you're, I maybe, I think that's why, like, because I know who these characters are. Everyone else who doesn't know shit is like, who the hell are these people? But I'm seeing all these guys and they show a picture of the whole Justice Society. It's like, oh, my God, like seeing all these characters. I, to, to be honest, I wasn't really expecting anything from this show. And it, I, I would probably give it like probably, you know, in, in eight, eight, five. I, I thought it was that pretty good. Luke Wilson was actually a lot better than I thought. And I didn't know Amy Smart was in this also. Oh. So I was kind of I was very, you know, I was happy to see her. Um, and the lead who plays Stargirl is Brett Bassinger. I've, I've never seen her in anything. Um, so to me, that's, that's a plus for me, not knowing her. And I'm interested. And I, th- I think it was perfect case. It was the first episode I thought was good. You had Joel McHale was uh, Starman. Obviously, he's been kind of in a lot of stuff now. But, you know, he only had a, like, a little cameo in here. But he got to see some. I don't want to even say the characters of, of the DC heroes or villains because I feel like just to tease to get you to watch it is – the beginning is like an opening battle of the good and bad guys. I mean, that doesn't get you hyped just to see what they kind of came up with. And again, I think it's, you know, I think it's going to be premiering first on DC universe. And the next day it's on the CW. And I I think this is a a nice little DC hit we got going here. Hopefully they can keep it going. So you're saying I should watch it. That's what you're saying. I mean, I I think so. You, You, again, you might not know these characters, like heroes, villains. I mean, I, you'll definitely know a few, but a lot of the old ones that I'm seeing, I'm like, oh my god, I never thought I would have seen this guy live action. And I don't know, I, I, it just got me really excited to kind of just again, just you know, one a week, every every Sunday, I'll, I'll watch. 
from Monday, whatever it is. From the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, Ruby Rose is leaving Batwoman after just one season, and they will recast the role. Yeah, obviously it was signed, and the, the cliffhanger for season one, which I don't even want to say. Obviously, you know they, they're going to want to continue the show, and I. They never gave a reason why she left. There I mean, was. Yeah, she, it did come out that it was the hours. Oh, and and I I was going to say that, and I I think she realized this was a lot more taxing on the body, and you know, working it's, it's Batwoman, you're going to be working a shit ton of of basically overnight shifts and working 12, 16 hour days, and plus you know, cameos and, she, and other she, things too. Yeah, and she got you know seriously injured on set, you know, a couple months ago, like she almost like died, so. I think between that and, you know, maybe wanting to kind of go back to movies, like she didn't realize how much, you know, like this was going to be on her mentally, physically. And, you know, it, it always sucks to recast a lead. But, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say Ruby Rose is like the, the best actor, but she really wasn't great in this. Um, I, I just don't I, w- I was high forecast because I, I thought she could have brought something to this, but it was kind of just like the same old with her. And I think actually a recasting of the show could be with like exactly what this show needs. Now, without getting into names, because it's probably too early to speculate, but do you, how fast do you think they're going to have this role recast? I would say probably within the next probably three months. Okay, that's a re- that's a reasonable time frame given that the show is supposed to hit in pretty early twenty twenty one. So they got to yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm sure they I'm sure they already had. People, you know, sign it in or, you know, whoever's interested, email them like, hey, I'm interested in the role. Send me your tape. But, hey, I'm, I'm interested to see. I'll give whoever's next a shot. F is you for know. Family Season 4 is hitting Netflix June 12th. Hey, it's pretty fast. You know, Bill, Bill Burr is, you know, his, his little animated show, which I, I, I find really funny. Probably only going to be, you know, eight to ten episodes. And, you know, we said uh, Jonathan Banks is coming in as his father. So I'm kind of really interested to see where that goes. You know, Justin Long's still in it. And, uh um, I always freaking forget his goddamn name, and I see his face. The bad guy in Iron Man Two, not Mickey Rourke. No God idea. damn it, Jeff Bridges. No, but he was in one. I'm, I'm I'm already on the computer. I'm looking. Sam Rockwell. There he is. So again, I'll definitely probably a day one watch for me. Episode family on Netflix. And Netflix does the thing where they do drop the whole season at once. So you'll be yeah. able to binge it. Uh, speaking of things you can binge on Netflix coming July 31st, we got the release date for umbrella Academy season two. Yeah. I was not expecting this, this quick of a release to be honest. I kind of thought this was going to happen near the end of the year, but the first season, you know, I never read the comics, but the first season I thought was really well. And I'm interested to see where they go. Yeah, this released while I was on leave. So I want to say December or January. It was either December of 18 or January 19. So it's actually been like a year and a half since they came out with season one. So I was actually thinking the opposite of you is like, damn, it's been a while. So I'm excited that they're doing it um, so quickly and that we don't have to wait much longer than two more months. So that's pretty cool. They've had this shit shot for a while. Yeah. Um, I think the season one ended kind of like on a dud, but I think that the every episode leading up to it was great. I loved the series. I really, really did. But 
it season one didn't end on enough of a dud for me to be out. It just was like, all right, let's pick it back up. Ellen yeah, Page just or, enough to keep you going. Exactly. It was it was fine. It was just fine. So but it's really exciting to have that show come back because to have a non Marvel, non DC superhero thing is kind of exciting. Yeah. Uh Timothy Oliphant has been cast in season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm actually really hyped about this. Uh, I think I've spoken about Timothy Oliphant quite a few times on the podcast. I, I freaking love him from Justified to Deadwood, Hitman, the little party had on Gone in 60 Seconds. I, I think I'll fit right in. And it was a rumor, not even a rumor, I think it was told that he's going to wear, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was, that wasn't both, but I think it was Mandalorian armor he wears or something like that. So anything Timothy Oliphant, I'm in, sold. You know, it's not like we weren't going to see season two anyway. So Two more quick hits. The Muppets Now will debut on Disney Plus on the same day as the Umbrella Academy on 731. They're going to compete for those views. No, I'm just kidding. No, I was going to say, well, that might be good for you and your daughter or something like that. I love the Muppets, man. I do. Uh, and lastly, Maggie Simpson in The Longest Daycare will debut on Disney Plus next week, May 29th. And the reason this is important, number one, The Simpsons is finally being re-released in its original aspect ratio, so you can enjoy all those on Disney Plus. That's coming, I think, also May 29th, maybe May 28th. Um, but this this short, The Longest Daycare, was actually nominated for an Oscar. So it's one of the first things in a long time that The Simpsons did that was actually good. So I'm, I'm excited to watch that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, listen, it's a short. It's not a season. If you don't like it, fucking skip it. Like, or yeah, just, it's like 15 minutes. Yeah, you're not married to this thing at all. Um, so now uh, to end the show, we have just a couple of stories um, in music and other one of each. They're kind of both musicish, but one's an album review and one is a is a pretty hype announcement um, in a different format. So we actually wanted to shed some light on a new record. It came out May first, so it's about three weeks old now, as as from we're recording this, but still. Uh, gotta have a little bit of a conversation around it. It's called New Language. It's an EP by the band Dead Lakes. Uh, it's a really good record. And the reason I'm reviewing it three weeks afterwards is because I couldn't, couldn't stop listening to it. I was debating, do I make it my pick of the week or do I give it its own time to shine? And I decided to give it its own time to shine here in the music sh- section because I just really enjoy it. Uh, again, Dead Lakes is the band. The, the EP is New Language. Came out May 1st on a sharp tone. It's five songs, 17 minutes and 38 seconds. So ultimately digestible in under 20 minutes. You're in, out and on your way and back to listening to track one again. Here's the funny thing. It's five songs in 17 minutes, five seventeen. That's my birthday. I'm selfish. Number two, 17 minutes and 38 seconds. There's that one song, 17, 38. I just thought that was funny. So there's that. I always pick two songs off of a record. It's really difficult for me to pick my two favorite songs on a five-song record. That's 40% of the record that I'm responsible for, uh, but I've made up my mind. And it's track number two, Paradise, and track number four, No Gods, No Masters. All one word, by the way. This album, this band, is kind of unlike anything I'm listening to right now, and I think that's why I really enjoy it. You know me, right? I'm the typical pop-punk, emo, alternative um, I love to dabble in the hot mulligans of the world and the local nomads of the world. But like in reality, man, my core is that pop punk scene. 
This is not 100%. that. This is not that. This is, I don't have comps. Like I usually have comps. Um, I don't know if they can do this justice. It's a completely different kind of rock and roll. I, I can't really put my finger on it, but it's just something that's really enjoyable. A little bit of electronic, a little bit of hardcore, a little bit of grunge, a little bit of post-hardcore, a little bit of just hard rock, and just a little bit of pure rock and roll kind of all mixed into one. So they don't do anything that I would say like another band does, like I said, a comp, but they kind of set out on their own course, really excited about where they're headed. Um, they actually average, I believe, over 45,000 streams or about 45,000 streams a month on Spotify. So they have a really fo- uh, good following. They released a single in 2020 called Paradise. Like I said, that's the song off the EP that I actually one of the two that I really highly recommend. Um, so really excited about where Dead Lakes is heading. Check it out. It's called New Language. It's an EP. You can get it wherever you can listen to music. I found it on Spotify. That's where I chose chose to listen to it. But I would definitely check it out. New Language by Dead Lakes. Let's get into I'll our. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll just I'll check it out. Yeah, let's get into our last story of the night. Uh, it's actually about a book, my friend. Author Mike Henneberger announces the pre-order for. Rock Bottom at the Renaissance, an emo kid's journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City. So it's not the shortest title in the history of books. I'll give you that. Oh, it's definitely on the longer end. It's definitely on the longer end. Now, we are going to have Mike Henneberger on the show for an interview in June. So A, get hype. B, there's your tease. I feel like as a joke, I'm going to refer to the book every single time in its full title. Um, once again, that's rock bottom at the Renaissance, an emo kid's journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City. Uh, See, once we say rock bottom, I automatically think of the rock. I I do too. I'm with you. The book will be available June 9th, so we're gonna have him on the week after that because we're gonna review the book on the June 12th episode of the pod or whatever that Friday is. Um, you can actually pre-order the book now. Check it out at rockbottombook.com. I actually pushed for Rock Bottom at the Re- Renaissance and Emo Kids Journey Through Falling In and Out of Love with New York City.com, but it was taken. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but I actually uh, was was actually really excited, and, and um, BPM and Mike were kind enough to send us a, an advanced copy of the book that Mike actually signed and personalized saying that he listens to the pod. So um, that was really special and touching, and I just wanted to shout out that now that the pre-order is official – um, and we're allowed to talk about it. I'm about a third of the way through the book. I'm really excited to talk about it when I can. I want to respect the release date. I want to respect the, you know, get people hyped of around course. it right around when they can go pick it up. Again, you can pre-order it now at rockbottombook.com. It's out June 9th. I'm going to talk about it after it releases. So you can just go order it right on Amazon, go pick it up and get it to your house in a couple of days and start reading it. But for a kid who was in the pop punk scene in Philly and Jersey, New York's not that far away. Um, for a kid who grew up in a in a busy part of the city, that's not too far away. And to understand the reason why he is in love with music, and you know, just kind of the idiosyncrasies and anxieties that come along with that, I relate to. I would say seventy five percent of what I've read so far. There's some stuff that's a little darker that I'm I'm not really relating to, but I at least get it and I understand yeah. it. Um, but I'm really excited about where this book is and where it's going. I'm psyched to finish it, and uh, everybody should check out. 
rock bottom at the Renaissance, an emo kid's journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City, available June 9th. Check it out, rockbottombook.com. Sam, what's your CGC spotlight? CGC spotlight this week, Detective Comics 359, origin and first appearance of Batgirl, Barbara Gordon. I have it in an 8-0 off-white white pages, Gardner Fox and John Broom stories, Carmine Infantino and Murphy Anderson cover and art. Book came out January 1967, so it's a I would say it's you know a big Silver Age key. Usually you see this book in lower grade, you really don't see it kind of too much in like a 7-0 or above. So to get an 8-0, I'm I'm, I'm really lucky. There's a total of 1,942 total blue labels graded. There's actually four 9.8s on the census, 13 9.6s, 18.9.4s, 24.92s, 38.90s, 74.85s, and 92.80s. So you can, obviously the bulk of it is, you know, 7.5 and below. But, you know, there is quite a few 8.0s in there. Last 8.0 sale was for 1,900, and I think... I think that was earlier this year or was at the end of the end of last year. So obviously big Batman fan. I am, of course I have to get Barbara Gordon's first appearance. There's two stories in this book, the million dollar debut of Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, daughter of Gotham city's police commissioner, James Gordon prepares to attend a policeman's charity masquerade ball. She designs a costume, in the style of Batman and obviously Batgirl and she tries to take on Killer Moth. Story number two, Elongated Man Riddle of the Sleepy Time Tax. The Elongated Man and Sue Dibney, his wife, dress up for a party in Chestnut City. They, he waves a cab, obviously grows his hand humongous, so the cab can see him. And next thing they know, they wake up an hour and a half outside of the party they're supposed to in a different cab, and they have to figure out how the hell they got there. So if, if you're a Batman fan, I, Detective Comics 359 is should be on anyone's list. If, if you're, like I said, a Batman fan and anything with Murphy Anderson cover and art, I got to get it. So it's your CGC spotlight of the week. And you'll see Murphy Anderson's cover and art in our Instagram post when we put this episode up and tag it up. It's always the third photo out of the bunch. We always put our CGC spotlight in there too, so you can take a look at the at the actual cover that Sam refers to every single week. But that will do it for episode 187. Please be on the lookout for uh, our interview with Local Nomad dropping on Monday, Memorial Day. So if you're listening to this on or after then, go check it out in our feed. Bonus episode with Local Nomad. Uh, thank you, Zack Snyder, for everything you've done. And thank you, Sam, for hanging on for a double header tonight when I know you're tired. Oh, gosh. I'll, I'll be in bed next 10 minutes. All right, buddy. We'll see you uh, and everybody else next week for episode 180. Is it 2021 yet? <laughs>